Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I am Stuart Roberts and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me, See Me. It's just over five years ago. I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me See Me Podcast. Today I've got a good friend of mine and um, someone who's volunteered with me for Haircuts Homeless and uh, is an all-round great guy, uh, Lee Keats. Hello, Lee. Hi, Stuart. Thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs> You're very welcome, sir. You've helped me enough. Um, the first time I met you was the British Beauty Council had the Beauty Week in Covent Garden, and they invited a few sort of uh, celebrity hairdressers, <laughs> session stylists, to come and help me. And you was one of the guys that came. Um, how did you How did you find that? Um, yeah, it was for me. It was, it was a real, real privilege um, just to be be part of of that day. Um, it really, um, I met some really interesting people and it really it really reconnected me with with some um you know passions of mine that, that i've kind of i kind of ne- neglected over the last few years and um it really it really related to me and and struck a chord and it, it you know, i don't know it just reignited something that um um yeah that's something that i've kind of um yeah forgot that was was really close close to my heart because well, um, actually I did notice that we did the thing and then you know I watched you working and you you had a great rapport with the guys when you were doing it like, straight off the bat you wasn't phased you went straight in and had a great rapport uh, and even the stuff that you shared after you had a real um, you had a great like follow up where you was saying about what you spoken about and all these things uh, where, where did that come from where did, where did that connection come from then I think what what it was is like instantly the um the first guy that, that I had some really relatable moments with with two of the guys that that I uh, worked uh, but that I ended up cutting their hair. One of them, the first thing he said to me was uh, when I introduced myself as Lee, he's like, "Oh, my son's name's Lee," and then instantly this guy wasn't a homeless man anymore. This guy was a dad. Yeah, he's, he's I've got a dad. He's a dad. He's hit hard t- times. Something's gone wrong. Some like you know, a very polite man, um, um, and it just kind of, it just for me, just it was just it just changed someone from being homeless to being a human. And I think a lot of the time we're all gu- like most of us are guilty of it. You know, when you see homeless people in the street, you don't want to make eye contact because you don't want to make them feel bad or something like that. But then you neglect like. You know, imagine being on the street and just being invisible um, and not having that interaction and that connection and stuff like that. And this, this just reminded me of of, of something. And it was just, I can't remember exactly the full conversation right now. I did um, I did post about it, but there was just yeah. there was just certain things that really related to me and it just made made me think that we need to we need to find a way to change the perception of homelessness homelessness that people are drug addicts and people were this and people were that and obviously that does occur but there's also a lot of people that have had you know mental health issues and um 
you know, ex-service, like there's lots of ex-servicemen and women and, you know, they, the people come back and they haven't got that structure and support and, um, you know, things slowly spiral. And if, if they don't have, you know, for me and for most of my friends, we've, we've got support with family and we've got support with friends. And we've got that network behind us. And if anything went wrong for me in my career or I, I, I'm lucky enough that I've got, I've got that support network to, 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 um, to cover me but you know not everybody has that and for me it just I, I in you know in that one introduction where he he instantly said oh you know my son's name Lee yeah. I had this like literally my head went my head went a million miles an hour and all these things just kind of connected and like it's just this epiphany of like um yeah just just relating homeless homelessness to to human like being human yeah, yeah. Um, and also there was there was actually the second guy um, that I that I worked with. He said something else that was very relatable to me. He he's a homeless guy. You know, he was just a real personality. He was so vibrant. He spoke to everyone. He's oh, I remember. Like, yeah, I remember. You remember he's yeah. so yeah, yeah. passionate about numbers and um, yeah, mathematics. Yeah. He's like yeah, um, he, guy. He, yeah. yeah, really smart guy. He um, he he actually. As a homeless person, he volunteers in Tooting Hospital, St. George's Tooting Hospital, as a buddy. And he goes in once a week <clears throat> for a couple of hours and he just talks to people, teaches them how to do the Rubik's Cube and, and things like that. What a smart yeah. guy. Eh? Um, yeah. and, and still dedicating his time. I'm like I, I'm, you know, I I don't do I don't do things like that. I'm obviously I've been doing the haircuts for homeless, but like I don't know, just like it's just yeah. just really connected, like it really connected with me. Um, but the other thing um, that is really kind of interesting. So St George's, he's doing this week week in week out. St George's hospital and that was actually somewhere that my um I th- i've told i think i might have yeah. mentioned this to you before my, my sister was in a real horrific um accident and she was in st george's is it no st thomas's i don't know it's in two yeah. anyway she was yeah. in hospital <clears throat> for a very long time um in the same hospital that this guy volunteers in um and that all came back to me. And while my, when my sister was, she's a hairdresser also. Um, yeah. But when she, every lunch break, she would um, buy a, um, a homeless guy outside her shop a coffee <clears throat> and, a, and something to eat for, for the dog that he had. Yeah. Um, while my sister was in hospital, she, um, she saw this um, delivery guy with flowers come up and, and mention her name. And then he turned around and looked and went, oh, no, there she is. And she's like, how on earth does this flower delivery guy know what I look like? And then he walks over and sits down. And it turns out that this homeless guy that she used to buy um, a coffee for every day, he, he'd actually won the lottery. And he'd really? gone into the shop <laughs> to tell, yeah, he'd gone into the shop <clears throat> to to go and find my sister just to tell her his story and they'd said that he that she'd been in this car accident and now this is a, a town in Hertfordshire which is north east London uh, outside yeah. of north east London he's yeah. travelled from north like Hertfordshire all the way to Tooting which is south you know yeah. deep in south yeah. um, with flowers just to just to say thank you for, for her buying him a, a, a coffee and then you know it came, like he end up telling her his story and she didn't recognise him because he was all cleanly shaved yeah, and yeah. had all these new gold chains and things on yeah <laughs> <laughs> funny and, but she told him his story and he I think he had a mental health issue lost his job um, he just wanted to get back to his own country and, and be yeah. with his wife and family and you know two things out of control you know, even with the situation that was going on now, I mean, there's there's going to be people that are made homeless out of this. There's going to be people yeah. that are going to lose their jobs or lose their business. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 there's there's so many things. Us normal people, we're not protected. Like, it's, we're not invincible. It, it can happen to anyone. And yeah. um, for me, just having those conversations, they just I, just so much came back to me. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it really empower, like, empowered me and just made me feel like, 
I, I really want to be deeper connected with, with haircuts for homeless and, and with everything that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, what I should have done really at the beginning was because I've just taken it for granted because I know you and I know, I, I, you know, I know what you do, but, you know, if anyone, so anyone who's listening, the two listeners I've got, you should, uh, <laughs> my <laughs> mum and my sister, you should, <laughs> you should tell them, um, that, you know, like, let's tell them a bit about your, your, your life as a hairdresser now, because it's, it's not the norm, is it? It's not like this every day, son of mine. Um, no, I, I've been doing, I mean, I do, um, I do work in a, in a salon sometimes. I actually work, um, at Josh Wood's, uh, Josh Wood's salon. Who, oh, who right, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, also, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of there. I've just got a few, a few clients I, I do there and a few, um, you know, I just go, go and, and keep my sanity and have my yeah. clients and my family, like, you know, just the salon family and, and stuff like that, which is, which is great. But, um, yeah, so basically I, I'm fund with an agency called The Wall Group and right. I do what's called session hairdressing. So it could yeah. be anything um, which is non-salon related. So it could be photo shoots for magazines. It could be red carpet for movies or and actresses. Um, it could be, yeah, anything celebrity related, um, could be heads of state or VIPs or, you know, going to different countries. And, um, yeah, it's completely, it's, I never even, I had no idea it even existed when I, when I first became a hairdresser. And, you know, and, you know, I mean, kind of, whatever, I think it was like 60 pounds a week, sweeping hair and dusting the shelves and, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And, you know, just did, I had no idea that, um, that this, this, this kind of side of hairdressing even existed. So, you know, like I've been hairdressing for about nearly 18 years now, and I think halfway through, um, I was in my kind of mid to late 20s, and I was just thinking, I just started to see this other thing that was going on. So on my days off, I'd kind of uh, collaborate with friends that were studying photography at uni, and then they'll be like assisting at, studios so when the studios were closed on Sundays then we'd kind of get a little team together and do these these photo shoots and I mean I'd never show anyone the, the, the photos <laughs> the, you know, the quality of the photos now but then we were so proud you know that was our yeah. and then yeah. each, uh, each time you just meet someone else you might meet a new, new makeup artist that then recommends you to a new photographer and then yeah. it just gradually grew from there and it, it wasn't like a, a set goal <clears throat> um, or anything but yeah it just organically grew and then um, the salon I just started doing less and less salon and then more and more of this and, and yeah so that's kind of where where my career is at the moment yeah, because it, what, it, what, what I wanted to um, lighten that up is because, you know, I've had Anna Cafoni on as well, and it's that sort of, um, yes. bit of a surreal, it can be a bit of a surreal on the outside looking in, like a jet set lifestyle, can't it? You know, very. Um, oh, yeah, that, oh, yeah. People think it's super glamorous. And super, but, yeah. I mean, it, it's not, I mean, we're still very, don't get me wrong, very privileged to be in the position. Yeah getting that work I'm so grateful for it but yeah. it is very hard work yeah. I mean, you don't yeah. have a it has to be your priority you don't have a social life you don't have a guaranteed yeah. income like you um, you literally have to drop things that you know you have to drop everything as soon as a job comes in because yeah. you know you might not get another job for another week or two weeks or something so like you you yeah. have to take take the work as it comes and I've missed friends weddings I've missed birthdays I've missed you know yeah. I've missed really close things but it's kind of what you have to do because um, if you're not if you're not available then someone else gets in there and yeah. you know it's kind of I mean there is enough work for everyone and you can't kind of stress a stress about these things right. but um, but it's kind of yeah, it's kind of yeah. how it works. You, yeah. like, things it's don't get confirmed. It? It's, uh, yeah. it's a good thing, like, the payoff, you know, and uh, 
that's just part of it. And it's not the thing that people, you know, no matter what what the 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 thing of the everyone sees from outside. There is always yeah. uh, that other side of everything you do. You know, footballers they get lots and lots of flack, but I'm sure there's lots of negatives going on with it. Um, and there's sacrifices you make that you just have to put up with it. And the bigger the yeah. the bigger the glamorous sort of reward that the, the, these people take notice of the other side. Yeah, so that's what intrigued me because you, you know, you and that, you know, it's your reaction from maybe one day being somewhere like that or being flown across Europe or something, and the next day being in Whitechapel Mission. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah. great leveler, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think. I mean, Anna's probably. I know Anna very well. We used to be at the same. Yeah. Well, we used to be at the same agent, and then we both went out to, on different journeys, and now we've we've yeah. got both got the same agent now. But oh, um, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. And she, um, she, um, yeah, we're both on Sam at Night's team. Actually, yeah. she was the first person I I was like part when I first joined Sam's team. She was already on Sam's team. She's the first person I remember like passing up to. And like, yeah, we've, oh, we've right. she was working at Josh Woods once, so we've got a very oh, right. kind of similar career path. Yeah. I didn't um, know that from you. But yeah, no, she's um, she would probably um, in agreement. Um, oh, wait, actually, I've gone. Way off. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> what was the well, well basically, <laughs> basically, what it was 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 the fact of the the contrast of oh, the yeah, world oh, yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. working in, and then you know, and I, I know it blew it blew Anna away, and I, I think it pretty much it, you explained it did on the first day. But like, how do you find that? Because the one you volunteer with is with me in Whitechapel, yeah. which is a real frontline place, isn't it? Uh, yeah. What's your, what's your first remember, like experience of white well, mission? I I had had a bit of a, a soft introduction to it. Well, a bit of an introduction to it before because when I was younger, um, I, I actually used to do haircuts um, uh, crisis for Christmas. But that, oh, right. I kind yeah. of, so I'd done that years ago, and then um, I kind of. Obviously, that I kind of let that go a little bit, which yeah. is why when I come back and did that thing for you, it just really all came in, and I remembered yeah. how important that was was to me. But still, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a um, just coming back and doing the Whitechapel uh, one. You know, it's it's an it's an intense um, you know situation. It's very yeah. humbling. It's very you know heart wrenching but also heartwarming yeah. you know there's, everyone's kind of really grateful well not everybody but most people yeah, are really no, grateful that, and yeah. some people are really not happy and some people are yeah. super fussy and then you yeah. know yeah it's a whole mix it's just like being in a salon but I yeah. what, what I went what I meant to say is um, I think Anna would be in agreement with me and most hairdressers would be in agreement with me is when you if when you will be so when when you become a hairdresser you know, in the beginning, there's, it's not about it's not about who who you're doing. It's not about how much you're earning. It's just there's just like it's a very it's a very fascinating industry for me because people just like there's so much passion there and there's so much love for what you're doing and and you know just touching people and being around people and the the satisfaction that you give people and people it's a right a real treat for them and it, it doesn't matter who they are or how famous they are or how much money they've got yeah. to, to have your you know have that close contact with another human being also um, just making them feel better about themselves and stuff yeah. like that it doesn't, doesn't matter it's just like there's a real um, it just means so much to any, any hairdresser so you know especially in those circumstances it kind of means even more um, and, I, and I I feel like People think that you know we're you know we're kind of doing something good for other people, but I feel like I take so much more from yeah. it. You know, yeah. I, I'm learning so much more about people, human beings, about me, about you know. I just feel so good um, afterwards, and you know, I, I feel like I, I get more from it than than what I contribute. I think everyone does, and I think that's yeah. that's the same in any volunteering field of of, of any sort. 
you know, that people are surprised how much they get from it. And it's what keeps them doing it, I think. It's what's yeah. kept me doing it for sort of, you know, five and a half years now. Yeah. Um, if the novelty was going to wear off, it would have done a long time before now. And, and I know how much I get from it because I know how much I'm missing it at the moment. Yeah. Like, really, really missing it. So it, it, I must be getting something good out of it, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm. So now, we, <laughs> you intrigued me a little bit because, um, whatever, you, you know, like, you, you're a very driven man. You know, like, you've got, it's hard, to, I know, like, it's difficult people to talk to you, like, in good terms. It's like, make you uncomfortable. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, you've, you've always got, like, loads of ideas. Like, you've, you've got the idea for us when we get back out of this. You spoke about it a few months ago, didn't you, about doing, you know, sort of raising some, some fundraising by doing um, a table book and things like that. And, and then the next thing you're telling me about, um, which is a great idea, and I'm sure we'll get that done at some point. Um, but also you said about the, um, the the food that you do as well, which I was just, you just threw it in the conversation one day. But you also, tell me about your food as well, what you do. Um, so, uh, me and, yeah, I, well, so me and my friend have had a, for the last few years, we've had a, a food truck, a, a food van, and um, we actually, um, it's just a bit of a side passion, and, and for me, I don't know, for for a long time, I was like, well, I'm, I always just define myself as just this one thing, like, I'm, I'm just a hairdresser, I'm just a hairdresser, or, you know, yeah. just a hairdresser, or I am a hairdresser, yeah. or, I don't know, I just define it, and then, I was like, but I do have other passions, and I do have other interests, and, you know, I, I, and then I remember, like, when I was first becoming a hairdresser, I was actually, I was like, do I want to be a chef, or do I want to be a hairdresser, and obviously, I I went for the hairdressing, but I still had that from an early age. I had that kind of, that passion was already there. So, um, I mean, I'm so glad I did, that was my choice. But then, you know, years later, I still had that passion and that interest. And I think they correlate very similar to food, like creating food and creating hair. Like they're, they're, they're they're actually very, very similar. And, And the same, you know, when you cook for somebody, when you do someone's hair that same you're just like you know you're waiting for, you know to to hear their response and like you do get that same kind of connection and that same sense of gratitude like we're just chronic people pleasers aren't we like, yeah, just, it exactly just dawned on me because I love to cook <laughs> I love it they enjoy it and you know, yeah. and I love empty plates and I think we are just chronic people pleasers yeah absolutely <laughs> guilty as charged um, and yeah so that, that's what me and my friend did but we also have a, um, a system in place that um, there's like a special on the menu that if people um if people order that one dish uh, a, a meal is generated to local people in need um um, and so there's always, I mean, there's always been, like, with everything I do, there's always something that I kind of, I will feel like a, a real need to kind of give back. And I don't know where that's come from. And I, I don't know why. It's just I always, like, if I'm if I'm gaining out of it, I want someone else to as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, and yeah, that's something that is, 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 in place, but we've actually, um, yeah, we actually took our food van to the next step, and, and we've, we're ready to open up a cafe or a cafe restaurant, um, and that was supposed to open a week after lockdown. Oh, so it's had that, so yeah, perfect timing. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's not, that's all on hold a little bit. We have been doing yeah. home deliveries and, and stuff, and we, we've put a kind of a new boosting menu together for. Um, the NHS and for key workers where they get some discount and stuff and free oh, delivery. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, oh, and that's brilliant. been received quite well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Um, but, yeah. And the, so, <laughs> so we're telling, because this is, this is after a session of doing the Hecat Farmers and um, we was having a chat about, you know, the book idea that you had, and we talked to Joe, we were sitting with um, Jack Eames, the photographer, and all sorts, you know, and then you threw the food in, 
and then you threw in the uh, the fashion line that you've got. <laughs> I've got to just say before you tell us about the fashion line that you sort of had to go because you have to and me and Jack just looked at it so, and I said, I said to Jack, I don't know about you, but I feel a right lazy bastard now it's gone. Because <laughs> you've got so much going on. What is the brand, mate? <laughs> well, yeah, so this is, I know, I feel like, you know, I actually feel like, I don't know, Am I making you uncomfortable? No, what it is, is I kind of like, I know people say that you should just focus, you should always just focus on, on, a screw on one on one thing. And and so I sometimes feel a little bit embarrassed that people yeah. don't take, take me seriously because, um, you know, I, because I, I do have other passions and I do, um, yeah. am trying to do it. But the way I've actually made myself feel a bit more comfortable is that I see, I know there's people out there, there's hairdressers, for instance, they're, they're doing, they're, they've got their session career, but then they've also got a salon and they've also got a product line. So they've got, you know, several, and they've yeah. also got family and they've also got kids. Yeah. You know, then there's single parents out there that are running businesses or, you know, working and also yeah. raising a family and stuff like that. Um, I don't, I don't have a family at the moment or, or anything like that. So I do have, <clears throat> I do have more time than some. Yeah. Um, with the hairdressing, you're not. I'm. I'm not working every single day. Sometimes you might work three months without a day off, and then you might, you know, work three weeks without a single job and stuff. So, right. Um, I do kind of juggle my, you know, try and juggle my my time well. But um, so yeah, just about the the. So it's a, it's a swimwear line, and it's all made out of recycled. Um, the shorts are all made out of recycled marine plastic. And the shirts are 100% organic cotton. The um, buttons are biodegradable. And if anyone buys through the website, there's a um, initiative where the consumer can just choose from two charities. One's um, Surface Against Sewage, which is an environmental charity. And the other is um, SANE, which is a a mental health charity. Um, And that is... These are two kind of important things, also important things to be. Um, and so we'll make a donation on behalf of the consumer at no extra cost to them. And then yeah. um, there's also other initiatives to get to try and get the... when At the end of use, we offer um, a discount on the next purchase if they return the if they return the product to us so then we can turn that into a new into a new product so we're right. trying to like push for a hundred percent um um circular fashion production line um, right yeah and yeah so that, that's that you're a shit salesman mate because you ain't no, no. told oh yeah sorry <laughs> i did think that but the, re- the restaurant is called peach Right. Um, it's um, at Eat Peach, at Eat Drink Peach. Yeah. And the swimwear line is called Philosophy uh, with a TH, and that means that's kind of a play on words for um, kind of like uh, ocean, um, like ocean wisdom, ocean science. Right. Basically. But, um, yeah, brilliant. Well, you've got to text me them after. You've got to text me the links, and I'll put it. I put the link so because we're anyone listening is interested um, at the bottom of the podcast. So I put the links to all of the stuff you do. It's going to be a long, a long list for you. Something <laughs> <laughs> to do, but uh, I do like your Instagram, but I do like the, the links to Peach and to the, the, the swimmer brand as well. You know, because uh, it's great that you do it, and I don't know why you're so apologetic because it's it's. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you more uncomfortable because the thing is. <laughs> With it, right? What I love, I love doers, and um, we're all we're all thinkers, and we all everyone's got good intentions, but not everyone actually gets it done. Um, and you say you haven't, you know. I'm going to contradict you now because you say you've got a bit more time than others, but you know, time is a great equaliser, and, and we have all got. 24 hours in a day and seven days a week so if, the, if everyone's got the same it's what we do with that time you know and um, it's important and the more we do with it the more fulfilled we are um, just from my own personal experience I know that when I'm less productive my mental health goes down rapidly 
Um, and so that that's part of it because we often think we haven't got as much time, and uh, you know, and that's the crucial thing. And it's you know, people. I, I'm not. I'm not digging anyone out. People mean well, and they do mean to do well. But there's, you know, you, you, it's amazing what you've done, and you, you know, I, you shouldn't be so feel the need to justify it as you do. <laughs> it's brilliant, mate. You know, and 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 the the more the more you diversify, the more stuff you accomplish. But we ain't got long on this planet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think for me. Um, I, I really appreciate what you just said, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, I kind of, I spent a long time um, not thinking I was capable of things. Like I don't know. Like right. I think at school, I was never like I was never really good at sport, and I was never really like top of the class. And you know, I just I kind of I you know for that for that whole kind of age, I just didn't think I was. You know, I was never like that good at anything and kind of just felt everything just felt a little bit mundane and I, and I feel like through my hairdressing from being someone that I wasn't naturally <clears throat> a natural talent I didn't know how to hair, hold a hair dryer I didn't know how to hold scissors my yeah. my you know my boss would give like she was very my my first boss uh, Tara McNamee at the box she's very patient with me and she's like yeah. I mean I mean, I remember she had to drop me home sometimes because the, the buses weren't running <laughs> that late because it was just taking me so long to get things and like <laughs> you know I was the slowest person at blow drying and like yeah. everything it wasn't it wasn't yeah. a natural thing and there was a, at some point in my life where um, I've I realised I was like, oh, actually, I've done this, and now I am actually good at something. And then I was like, yeah. if I'm if I'm able to make myself good at something that I really wasn't very good at, yeah. I wonder if I can do that in another area. I wonder if I can. Yeah. And and for me now, I just feel like I want to see what I'm capable of because I spent yeah. a long time thinking I wasn't capable and I, I wasn't good at things, and that was just that it was just like the limitation of my mind. Um, and and I feel like through hairdressing. It just, um, you know, it just gave me a, conf- a, a new confidence and it gave me um, a new outlook. And, you know, I'm not afraid of failing. Like, if, you know, if any of these ventures don't work, they don't work. Uh, at least I've tried yeah. it. And I think that's the biggest hurdle is, is getting over that fear of failure. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, if, if uh, you know, I don't want to fail. But if I do, I, I'm just I'm just buzzing that I even got it from um, from an idea in my head to something that is a physical thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've done. I've done uh, I'm, I'm with you on that because I think the biggest fear we have is the fear of failure. Um, and and it, it, but, but it, oddly enough, some people and I've been, I've had this myself in the past. Depends on what what sort of state of mind you're in at the time. People always get like a bit of a fear of success as well. Yeah, um, and and it's a funny thing, and it's almost I think probably the, it's a fear of change that sort of there's this, this deep-rooted self-sabotaging thing. Yeah, of that what what success will bring is change. Yeah, uh, and we're very as creatures, as human beings, we're often you know this is what's getting to people so much at the current time. Uh, I think is fear. You know, because we we've been forced into change. Mm-hmm. That's hard enough when you put yourself into that position. But the the, the what's going on in the world has forced us all into change, and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. and it's really scaring the shit out of people. Yeah, the bad behaviours coming. It's not generically, yeah. you know, bad people. It's it's fear. Yeah, I also I also think that this um, this is going it is going to create positive positive change as well i mean i i've been speaking to several people that have said that be, from being forced to be at home and out of the office has made them realize that that's not what they want to be doing that's not what their mm. their, their original passion was and like i feel like hopefully you know people have got the time to think now there's you know they, everything's slowing down a little, little bit it's not so fast paced as, as we make it and and I feel like there there could be some real positive shifts mm. um for some people um which I'm actually quite excited about. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, did you feel you just felt guilty saying that, didn't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, because I, I've said it, and I've I feel guilty saying it. I've said it, catch on. But so, hey, what, what are you coping? I go, a bit of it. I'm fascinated. You know, it's fascinating me because yeah. as, as someone who's interested in in like human behaviour, um, particularly my own, <laughs> which never ceases to amaze me, um, is that you, you know, like. It's a fascinating... We're living through history at the moment. Yeah. So who can't be fascinated? This is a historical point in time that a 100 years' time, they'll talk about 2020, um, the day the Earth stopped, you know, the day that yeah. society stopped for however many months, um, and then and then the changes that came from it. So yeah. who, who can't really be excited, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, I think what human, humans hate uncertainty yes they just they just try everything they do is just just to try and control it and make everything more certain yes. and more controllable yep. but really and truly the whole essence of life is uncertain like yeah and and i think people are actually ex- like really awake like if there's an awakening and there's there's a, um you know now they're living in this now now there is this uncertainty they are actually starting to live as opposed to exist. Um, yeah. Um, and I remember, I can't remember where I read it once, and it was kind of like, the only the only real thing that's certain is death. And as, as morbid as that sounds, yeah. which means the... the, the I think it was contra- death and taxes. <laughs> yeah, death and taxes. Yeah, yeah. they say two things, right? death and taxes. <laughs> but the, the, um, the contradicting side of it is, so the... the so what life is, life is uncertainty. If death is, yeah. if death is certain, then life is uncertain. Uncertain. So now we're actually stepping into, uh, yeah, this 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 time where people are really starting to live. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's almost like I imagine it as a giant hamster wheel that people are, that's are sort of slowing down. Uh, and we all staying on it because we've, we've been on it so long, and all of a sudden, great people are just gradually, tentatively stepping off this hamster wheel. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's true. Like, true. It's been stopped for two weeks. Everyone's sort of like, oh, oh yeah, they're like dipping their one foot. Yeah, can you imagine look? it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Around the... <laughs> Shall I? Shall I? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, you know, I've, I've been questioning a lot. I've been doing lots of self thought, and you know, um, it, I've, I've been thinking. You know, like my value, you know, my values are changing, and and whereas I, I thought, because I've been through quite a few sort of uh, life changing moments over the last few years, um, I thought it was pretty much, oh well, that's it now. <laughs> I've got it sussed now, and then this comes along, and I think, yeah, I'm reevaluating yeah. every day now. You know, yeah, yeah, that's so true. We were both thinking there. That was a nice, yeah, that, yeah. nice couple of falls there. We both, <laughs> we both swing into our own world. Yeah, yeah. Contemplating. Yeah. So, uh, what, so what is your, you know, uh, obviously everything's everything's pretty much stopped at the moment, isn't it? What, yeah. What's your, uh, so you're, you're managing to do the meals. Um, yeah, that going. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what about the online thing with the with the swimmer? Is that is that still going? No, that's that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty dead in the water. Um, there's excuse the pun. But yeah, to be honest, that that's my biggest. I don't really know what to do. With right. that. That's kind of uh, something I'm just trying to work out. I mean, I've I've no idea. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to work that out. As far as the hairdressing goes, obviously, you know, there's no um, face-to-face hairdressing, but um, I've had a few, you know, I've given a few quotes and, um, like, a few videos. Like, I'm not really um, comfortable, I mean, talking, like, to camera and and things like that. And I've I've been asked to do a few things like that, and... I've yeah. stepped out of my comfort zone and, you know, actually yeah. it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And, you, yeah. know, you know, all these kind of things. Yeah. Even, even talking on, you know, on this, I know it feels like we're just having a good old, well, we are just having a, a good old chat. Yeah. Um, it's something that I probably 
normally be a little bit more um, nervous of. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I'm I'm growing in a industry. My industry of hairdressing that I've done for nearly eighteen years. Yeah. I'm still growing. I'm still growing, and I'm still oh, learning. Yeah. And uh, you know that's, that's very you know exciting. Well, I've, I've, I've been in it. I'm not doing a. You've got a cab, but I've got a dairy. I'm, I've, I've been in it for uh, forty-two years, wow. and, and I, I learn all the time. And I've never never learned more than when I started doing this because um, uh, up until recently, I've gone all around the country. I mean, lots and lots of different hairdressers, and I'm soaking it all up like a sponge. And for someone who's been doing it so long, when you know, you would think that you've seen it all before, but this always new things there's always new little tips just even like the, the angle that people hold clippers yeah um, you know and I'm always blown away you know by by different people that were, some people have got a certain skill set that they're just so good that it's it's that pure natural thing that they're almost floating through something and not you know yeah <laughs> you know they're chatting away looking around it's like they just do it you know it just flows out of them yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's another thing that's so great about our industry, and um, is, is that there there is there's constant. It's constantly evolving, and it just keeps it interesting, and um, mm. that's 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 what keeps that passion alive. Um, you know, it's, it's when I was younger, it, you know people would I don't know maybe it's still it's still like that but people would think of hairdressing as a as a bit of a kind of dropout job or yeah. you know, oh, yeah, that, but, oh my god it's such a fulfilling industry to be in, in yeah. like I, I think it's amazing and yeah, um, yeah. well the doing and, and going back to what you said earlier about what what doing the, the, the homeless haircut in um, it reignited my passion because I've been doing it so long that I've lost it. I've said this many times that, you know, I was punch drunk from the high street. I've been a salon owner for 30 years and uh, it was, it was, you know, it lost its flair and its spark until I just, that first day I cut, I went into Romford and I cut some homeless guys hair for the very first time and I got that pure feeling of hairdressing going back to that yeah. making someone's day you know yeah. and it just is amazing and it can be that on, on any level it can even be someone if you're doing I know you said you do red carpet stuff you, you can come across like one of the you know a top actress or something who's just not having a great day and you you can make them you can turn their state of mind around can't you absolutely absolutely yeah um, uh, that's, I think that's one of the things that, that I loved about my job. I mean, even from being at, when I was shampooing, I I remember like, you know, you could get those real difficult clients and yeah. or real miserable or, or just like, I don't know, they just moan about everything or, or and when those people used to come in I remember the rest of the assistants who would run and yeah, fight I'd be like yeah. I, I'd, be, I'd be there at the front I'd, I'd actually want to I'd yeah. be like put, set myself a little challenge it's like, yeah. I want to see if I can put a smile on this person's face yeah. like, it's just like yeah. a little challenge I don't know what it was I just wanted to try and change <laughs> their state and um, yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know there were certain clients that used to come in the salon and you you could see him walking across the, the square you know through the window and it was almost that, that moment in Jurassic Park you know when they're in the cars and the water <laughs> you just see the wall rip off oh, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah all the assistants disappear <laughs> and the, the sun goes behind a cloud and they walk through the door and you know, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, you say the assistants run <laughs> you say, or you know, can you come and shampoo? And you see their faces. Oh no, he's picked me. <laughs> well, boss used to say, and it's a rock cliche, and it's been around a long time. But he says, look, if I haven't got a smile, give him one of yours. Yeah. It, it's that, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you don't you don't know what's going on with people. Absolutely. Uh, there was a beautiful thing said by. Brother Kevin, he was on the podcast early on, who, who's a Capuchin monk, and he um, he runs the 
uh, Capuchine Day Centre in Dublin. At the moment, they're not allowing him to work, which is hard to stop him because he's like 83 and he's a force of nature. Um, and he's been doing it since... He's given his whole life to it since the late 60s. Uh, the place is a beautiful place that feeds, you know, 300 for lunch, 500 for, for dinner. Um, and at the moment, they're, they're giving out 800 meals a day out of this place. It's a beautiful place. And I, but I said to him, like, you know, I was taken aback when I first went there because he said, um, we got flack. You probably heard this as well about homeless people, right? How do you know they deserve it? How do you know yeah. that they you know, you get a lot of that, don't you? How do you know they're really home? How do you know this? How do you know that? But his philosophy there is, if they're hungry, we will feed them. Amazing. And, and, you know, it really blew me away. And I thought, that's the real answer to it. And then I pushed him on it when I spoke to him. And he said that he had this, this time when the lady, he was at, he happened to be outside with people. And he saw her pull up in a car and walk across the road with her child. Um, and he joined her back at the queue. And when he, she got to the front, he just nicely asked her, you know, he said, I've got her asked, if you've managed to drive here, um, why do you think you need to, you need our help? And she asked him to walk across the road to her car and he went over to it and there was all her clothes in there. And she said, uh, this is my home. <laughs> wow. She said, my husband was beating me and she showed him, like, oh, and she had all bruises up. My husband was beating me and the child like daily and I had to get out of there now this is my home and he said from that day forward I've never asked anyone yeah if they you know if they deserve anything yeah. if they want it I'll give it to them and it just blew me away because even I had my time you know like you said you get the ungrateful one and you know I think I just spent half an hour on my day off going around yeah. and moaning at me you know but that that is that purest form of love that we need to show a fellow human being, um, especially at a time like this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's um, that's a, a lesson that we could all all learn from, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in yeah, so many so many areas. Yeah, it's that non-judgment. Non-judge. Yeah, not not all um, mental illness is visible, and you know. Yeah, the famousness. Like who, who, who decides? You know, when people are qualified to be in need, or you know. Yeah. And often, I say, well, look, if you have any doubt, like, just consider swapping places with someone. You know, the guy who sits outside the station for six hours in the rain, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, he's probably earning a fortune, right? Would you swap? <laughs> The answer's always no for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whether he, whatever he does, like, I, I just wouldn't want to sit outside the station for six hours in freezing cold, soaking wet, to earn whatever he's earning, even if, if he's doing that for a job, you know. Yeah, yeah, most, most, most people wouldn't. Most times, most times, it's because they're desperate, you know. Yeah. I know the stories of the gangs and the, you know, I know all yeah. of that. I've seen it happen. I've seen it many times. What does it do? What are you going to do? You're going to just say, well, that's, that's because of that, that happening. I'm not going to help anyone. Yeah. You can't. You, you know, I'm as judgmental as the next human being, mm -hmm. but I do wreck him on myself because it, it does no good. You can't judge yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think, um, I, I think, Going back to the um, this coffee table book that we're hoping to to do, I, I'm hoping that that's you know as I as I said that like what I'd love to do, like love us to be able to do would be to to change. Um, what did I say? Change um, no, humanize humanize yeah. the face of homelessness. Mm. Um, and that's that's what I think mm. that we. I'm very excited to be able to do that. I've kind of I've reached out yeah. to a few people recently about kind of um, trying to get that in place. And um, and yeah, I really think that that's important. It's just that mm. you know they do they disconnect they disconnect and they just yeah. 
you know, they hear about their stories of the stories of the gangs and they still, like, you know, they still like people just trying to pull the wool over their eyes and, and yeah. stuff like that. But if, um, you know, if, if, if you put your, yourself in those shoes and just, you know, just realize how, how lucky that we are and, and also how fine, how close, you know, um, you know, how, it's such a fine line between oh. everything going rosy and then everything up shit's creek. Um, mm. You know, things things can change very very quickly, and um, and that's something that I hope we can we can get across with with this yeah. this coffee table book. I'm sure, I'm sure, and it'll be a beautiful piece of art because yeah. some of these some of the images already that I've seen. Um, the ones that we got from that beauty day were, were, were stunning. Oh, yeah. Um, the stuff that Jacqueline does is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Simon, Simon's done a beautiful film about the mission. Yeah. Um, this is incredible. The images in the, it was in the latest beauty papers magazine are just, um, are just stunning, you know. And there's something about a photographer can capture, it's almost like capture someone's soul in an image, you know, yeah. like you can see. You can see their life and their pain and their love, and you, you know everything shows yeah. in their in their eyes. And I don't know how they manage to capture that. It always fascinates me. Yeah, yeah. Because you, yeah. you walk around with your iPhone, you take these snaps, but when you see a real <laughs> iconic picture, yeah, it's it's, it's just it's this great form of art. I think. Yeah, that, that's that's real talent, and I, I hopefully you know <clears throat> we're obviously working with likes of Jack and and. And stuff, and, and hopefully we can get some more great photographers yeah. involved as well. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of been <clears throat> in touch saying, you know, that there's been lots over the years that want to get work with us because it's such a beautiful subject. Yeah, and I'm sure that you'll be out pull on on that definitely. And as I'm a great delegator, I shall pass that one over to you, my friend. As I said, <laughs> <laughs> well, happy to just come in at the end, you know, like it's <laughs> yeah. been great working with us. <laughs> Well, I'll have to delegate <laughs> <laughs> no, You've not I'll, got much to do, have you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm more than happy to take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a, 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 a sort of great... We're hitting the hour now nearly, so I think it's probably a great one to... Uh, let's finish on a high before I drag it down again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, Lee, and, um, you know... Uh, I, I think you're an amazing man and uh, love you dearly and thank you for coming on the podcast oh, mate thank you I really appreciate it and uh, yeah it's always full of such kind words and I think it's amazing what you're doing and you. um, yeah I'm, I'm here to support in any way I can yeah thank you mate thank you. thank you thank you just over five years ago I did something that changed my life what it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling. <laughs>